Today's program is furnished by Speak the Word Ministries. If you want God to honor you in your prayers and answer you, you got to honor Him. You can't fool Him. He knows what's in your heart. Speak the Word. It's time to Speak the Word with author, Bible teacher, and evangelist, Pastor Joanne Ramsey. Speak the Word Ministries is called to teach God's Word and encourage the body of believers. Speak the Word. We invite you to visit us online at speakthewordministry.net. That's speakthewordministry.net. And now, here's Pastor Joe continuing her message titled, Your Words Hold a Miracle. Speak the Word. Some of you may be familiar with Pastor John Alstein. I borrowed some of this from one of his books. There was a certain Christian who said he could not, and doubt rose like a giant and conquered him. He spoke continually of sickness, and sickness plagued him. He declared weakness, and so he became weaker. He constantly expressed fear of the past, the present, and the future, and finally fear gripped him. Saints, if you go into the hardware store looking for some seed, I want this in my garden. So I get a pack of this, and I get a pack of this, and I get a pack of that. And, and so when I plant it, that's what I, I expect to grow. Your seed that's coming out of your mouth will determine your harvest, always. Brothers and sisters, we have to understand, as this Christian did, that this law works both for the positive and the negative. In other words, when you speak negative things, you're going to get that too, which I just said. What did this Christian do? He began to read the Bible in a new light, and he saw the great redemptive truths as he began to see himself as God saw him. God looked at him and said, You are my child. You are born again of the incorruptible seed of the word of God. According to 1 Peter 1.23, he says, You are a new creature, delivered from the power of darkness and translated to God's kingdom. You have received the power of the Holy Spirit. Saints, you, you have power over all the power of the enemy. And Jesus said, I am with you, and I'll never leave or forsake you. Hallelujah. This Christian immediately began to say what God said about him. His words changed, he, and he declared to God and man what God said about him. You know, let the weak say they're strong. Right. He said, I have the greater one living in me, according to 1 John 4.4. 4. And I could go on and on, saints. At first, this Christian made these statements of fact somewhat quietly a little unsure of himself. And that's okay. Because sometimes when we start confessing what God says about us, maybe we don't have that boldness to really speak up and feel like we feel the power behind it. He said them at first, but however, later he began to believe in his heart what he spoke with his mouth, and he began to declare them more boldly. So the more you speak it, and the more it gets down into your spirit, not your head, but into your spirit, it goes from here to here. The more you have faith in what you're saying, the more boldly you can say it. You know yourself, whether it's something about the word or something else that you believe in, you can talk about it with great boldness and authority because you know you've been there, you've done that. 
And that's what I'm saying about the Word of God. You get that Word so engrafted into you that you can speak it and preach it with boldness because you've been there. You know that. You know that when you prayed, He heard you. You know that when you laid hands on that person, they were healed. You know that when, the other day when I was praying for it not to rain, it wasn't going to rain on my parade. You know, Every day we need to wake up and acknowledge that God is our Father, that Jesus is our Lord and Savior. And the Holy Spirit is our teacher. He's a primary, above all, a teacher. But he's also your advocate and your helper and your standby. But he, the Bible says primarily he's sent as a teacher to teach us. It says here, see, his friends thought he was foolish. They even felt he was not telling the truth because things did not look any different. I, I'm beginning to care less and less what people think, and that's something I had to work on. We all have to work on that and just not worry about what people have to say. How many times have you prayed and confessed the word and didn't see any evidence right away? And maybe your friend or some of your relatives mocked your beliefs. I have my friends, I've had some of my families mock my beliefs, you know, because they, was, they, they will come back, if nothing else, they'll say, well, you have to use uh, what, wisdom. They'll come back with something to let you know that, you know, they don't believe that, you know. But that's okay. <laughs> it's, it's, it's not upon them to believe it. It's upon me to believe it. It's upon you to believe it. It doesn't matter what your friends or your relatives think. It's upon you to believe it. Are you hearing me? But this Christian knew, just as I know now, that he had God's eternal miracle working power in his mouth. And that's where I want all of you to be today with God's miracle working power in your mouth every day from the time you hit the floor in the morning till you get into bed at night. He knew that God's word is quick and powerful. Like it says in Hebrews 4.12, he says that his word is quick and powerful and sharper than a two-edged sword. He says it'll cut through bone and marrow, even to divide in the spirit and soul. Are you hearing me? He knew that. He knew that God's word spoken out of his mouth would create the changes that he so desperately needed in his life. Some of you in here are in need of some desperate changes in your life. It could be something that most people might consider minor or small, but to you, it's not. To you, it's big. You know, cause it, and, and another thing you have to understand, too, is that the Lord says that if, it, if it, it concerns you, it concerns Him. So it doesn't matter if it's small. Are you hearing me? It, or large. He's God of all. Right. Little big. Doesn't matter. Can any of you in here this today use some changes in your life? You know, even if you feel like you're sitting on top of the world today, we can all use some changes. It doesn't matter. You don't, I don't think we ever get to a place in life to where we couldn't want, that we wouldn't want to change maybe a few things and make them a little bit different, a little bit better, if not for ourselves, for someone else. As a matter of fact, I think you do better thinking about others and how you can help change theirs than you would yourself because if you'll get busy helping them change theirs, then God will change yours. I find that's true. The more I do for others, the more the Lord does for me. And don't tell anybody. Just do it. Just let the Lord bless your socks off. <laughs> Hallelujah. So he believed in his heart and he continually declared the word out of his mouth. And saints, that is what you have to do, no matter how tough the going gets. And Joshua 1.8 says, This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. 
for then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. And that's how you're going to have good success is when you meditate on God's word day and night. True. The apostle Paul explained it in Romans 10, 8, he said that the word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. Right. Saints, I realize that we do get discouraged because we don't see change immediately. I'm no different than you, but we have to hold fast to our confession. Yeah. Right. We have to hold fast even when you can't see any evidence of change. Days, weeks, and months went by for this believer. And in some cases, years went by for this believer. Didn't see any evidence. And in the natural thought, it was all impossible. But I didn't say that. Just because you think it don't mean you got to say it. Don't let the devil trick you into saying everything you think. You wait until you can keep a zipper on it until you can say something different. But I was the same way. If I had listened to the enemy, I wouldn't be here this morning. Me too. Things were the same at first, but they slowly began to change. God's Word began to germinate. And once God's Word began to germinate, it began to produce fruit. I began to see some fruit. It was a little puny at first, you never seen these fruit trees that had little puny fruits? <laughs> but it was fruit. Making progress. It's like that little bush that David planted out in my yard. It's got little puny plumes on it. But I'm praying if you'll keep watering it, like I keep telling him, water, water. And that's what we do with the Word. When we're praying for something, we don't have to pray the same prayer. We don't pray the prayer again, but we keep watering it and watering it until we see some blooms or we see some fruit. And he's been real faithful with that. <laughs> he told me not to throw him under the bus anymore, so I'm not going to throw him under the bus today. <laughs> he's been real faithful with the water. <laughs> Actually, he is faithful with the, literally with the water, but with the Word of God, too. And that's what makes him who he is and makes us all who we are. Praise the Lord. And one day, this Christian realized that he had confidence instead of doubt. Success instead of failure, and strength instead of weakness. One day he realized that he wasn't that weakling that started out. He wasn't the sick person that started out. He had confidence in himself, and he had great boldness to speak the Word of God. My prayer is always, God, just continue to pour out upon me a spirit of boldness and authority so I can speak just like Jesus did, so that people will be amazed at how that girl that don't know nothing can speak. And I still don't know nothing much, but the Holy Spirit, He's here with me. And He knows it all. He searches all things and knows all things. He knows when I should put a word in and when I should just skip on down that one. He had faith instead of fear. He had joy and peace instead of despair. He had done what the Lord had told him in Hebrews 10.23. It said in, in Hebrews 10.23, it says, Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. Hallelujah. Saints, remember, a person creates and brings to pass what he continually says. And I want to share a little about what the Lord revealed to me, of why some believers are having such a hard time. But during my prayer time a few days ago, I ran across this in my study time, and it was titled, No Squirrels Allowed. As I was reading this, the Lord gave me some revelation on how so many believers think. And I know that many of you can 
relate to this because when you're spending your quiet time with the Lord and you can look at something and all of a sudden you see something you didn't see before and, and then the Lord will start speaking to you and, and giving you revelation and, 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 and insight. I mean, I used to go ride down the road and look at a billboard and get a sermon out of it. <laughs> you know, because the Lord, you know, he's always, if you're listening, he's always speaking. If you're listening, praise God, he is, he is listening. It says, no swirls allowed. The writer was saying that ice cream can sometimes be bought in a swirl, a mix of two flavors, usually chocolate and vanilla. He says, it's for those who can't decide on one or the other, or who like both equally well, or who like the mix itself. However, what is good for ice cream is bad and is dangerous when mixing the law with grace. The Lord used this little scenario to reveal to me how a lot of believers respond concerning their faith, just like the person who can't decide which flavor ice cream he wants. Many are still trying to live in the Old Testament under the law and also try to live in the New Testament under grace, and it doesn't work. True. It's not like McDonald's. You can't have it your way. Are you hearing me? You're either going to have to accept what Jesus died to give us and free us from or continue to try and live by the law. And this is one of the things I was talking about earlier, about religious. That was for the Pharisees, the religious laws. Jesus was constantly putting them down because, you know, the Pharisees, they didn't believe in the new word, the new message that Jesus and the disciples were preaching. He, and that's why they were being so persecuted because they didn't want change. They wanted to keep walking around with the word, you know, nailed, you know, pinned on, you know, uh, taped to their foreheads and, and have people running before them, you know, tooting their horn, you know, their things, you know, as they prayed. They wanted to leave things the way they were. And there's so many things. There's nothing wrong with studying the Old Testament and the New Testament. We, we live, but you've got to know where you live. It's all right to visit the Old Testament, but you can't live there. You live in the New Testament. You live under grace. You don't live under the law anymore. Amen. Jesus, if, he, if you're trying to live under the law, then what Jesus died for is not benefiting. True. It was for no purpose whatsoever. And he wanted to deliver you out of misery because Old Testament law was miserable. Yeah. But under, and there was no grace. They stoned you for even going out picking up a, a bread or something on the Sabbath. You can't live that way. Are you hearing me? According to 1 Timothy 1.9, we realize that law is not enacted for the righteous, but for the lawless and the rebellious. Are you hearing me? It's for the ungodly and sinful, for the unholy and profane. It's for killers of fathers and mothers. It's for murderers. Do any of these describe you? I pray not. If not, then you're not under the law anymore. You're under grace. If you're not, you should be led by the Holy Spirit. And if you're led by the Holy Spirit, you're not under the law, according to Galatians 5.18. And according to James 2.10, no one can do that. For whoever keeps the whole law but stumbles at just one point is guilty of breaking all of them. Yeah. Right. Think about that. You're guilty if you break one. And there's thousands, you know. And the Pharisees added, what was it, 640 more laws to the Ten Commandments. So there's no way. We have a hard enough time living under grace. 
I can't even imagine what it would be like trying to live under the law. And, and I do find myself doing that sometimes too. I'm just as guilty because I'm trying harder and harder every day to not think that way, not to think the old way, but to think the new way. And it takes practice. It doesn't happen overnight because some of us have been taught wrong. And, 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 and sometimes it's hard to get rid of those things. But we can do it with the help of the Lord. We can do it. It says in Revelation 3.15, he says, I know all the things you do, that you are neither hot nor cold. He said, I wish that you were one or the other. But since you are like lukewarm water, neither hot or cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. My point is, saints, and like I said before, God is not trying to condemn anybody here. He wants you to wake up and, and, and for me to teach a strong enough message and a strong enough word that you will begin to think and quit visiting. I mean, just visit, but not live over there anymore. Just live into what Jesus died to give us. And grace, are you hearing me? You can't mix what you've learned from the law with what you've learned from grace. You can't mix the two. You, you, you will be put in a position where you won't benefit from any of them. Jesus demonstrated this when he said in Mark 2.21, No one sews a patch of unshrunk cloth on an old garment. If he does, the new piece will pull away from the old and a worse tear will result. And Jesus also stated, No one pours new wine into old wineskins. If he does, the wine will burst the skins. And both the wine and the wineskins will be ruined. Instead, new wine is poured into new wineskins. Let me stop here and just take a second explain this. A lot of people feel like that if, if, when they read this that they must have had to have a new wine skin every time they made wine every year. But this is not true. The wine skins, uh, the old ones, they would get old and crinkly, but all they had to do was soak them in some water and, and then rub some oil on them and soften them, and then they were able to use them again. But Jesus is saying that, that was, that's a Band-Aid fix. He didn't do that. He said you, he, he wanted it poured into the wine, poured into a new wine skin. Totally, totally out. Nothing left over. Not, 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 not remaking it. He didn't want the law. He didn't want it remade and recreated. He wanted it new. Yes. So he said he, did, he couldn't pour it into that. It had to be a new he had to separate. And so he's talking about the new covenant, the two, the covenant of the Old Testament and the New Testament. And it's talking about, and I don't have time to go into it, but it's kind of like, you know, when it goes in to say that, you know, Abraham two son, had two sons and each represented it was symbolic of the two covenants. One, you know, came from the free woman and the other one came from Hagar. The other one that was not of great, or of the promise, it was of the flesh. Hagar gave birth to Ishmael that was of the flesh. And um, Sarah gave birth to Isaac. That was from the, that was the promise. And we've all probably had some Ishmaels in our lives. <laughs> I had a few. Jesus is making a simple statement of fact. In Luke five thirty nine, New Living says, "But no one who drinks the old wine seems to want the new wine. The old is just fine." They say. So Jesus is making a simple statement of fact. He's not saying. He agrees that old is better. He is saying that people think that the old is better. So he's not saying that old is better. He's saying that people think that old is better. He's warning against the tendency in people to hold on to the old 
resist change, overvalue the old, and find false security in it. And that's why we do. We've, and, and so many preachers are still preaching on the uh, feast days and all this stuff going on and all the things that you've got to do in order to be saved and all these things to, to, to have the gift of the Holy Spirit in you. It's not, it's not true. Not true. Jesus was using the parable of the wineskin to compare the old Jewish relation, a religious system with the new message of the kingdom, as I was just saying. The old is still incompatible with the new. In closing, let me say this. Living under grace is all about trusting Jesus for everything and not trusting ourselves, our own efforts, or what we can do. It's grace and only grace that empowers us to have victory over the enemy and to become more overcomers. In Galatians 4, 5, it says, God sent Jesus to buy freedom for us who were slaves to the law so that he could adopt us as his very own children. Verse 7, it says, Now you are no longer a slave, but God's own child. And since you are his child, God has made you his heir. You are his child, his daughter. I remind you again, that you have been born again, not of seed which is perishable, but imperishable, that is through the living and enduring word of God in 1 Peter 1.23. This should always be your answer when your enemy Satan or some friend tries to get you to say something other than what the word of God says. And go back to the Old Testament. In Numbers 22.18, Balaam replied to the servants of Balak, Though Balak, whatever, if he wants to give me his house full of silver and gold, he said, I could not do anything, either small or great, contrary to the command of the Lord my God. So no matter what anybody offers you, it doesn't compare with the Word of God. In Numbers 23, 12, it says, He replied, Must I not be careful to speak what the Lord puts in my mouth? Must I not be careful to speak what God puts in my mouth. And I close with that. Speak the word to your body. Speak the word to your mind. Speak the word to every circumstance that mountain can't stand. This has been Speak the Word, the Bible teaching ministry of Pastor Joanne Ramsey. We're glad you've joined us for today's message. Speak the Word is made possible by support from listeners like you. If you'd like to hear more from Speak the Word, visit us online at speakthewordministry.net. There, you can also learn more about Pastor Joe, purchase audio CDs or DVDs, and watch and listen to other radio messages from Pastor Joe. Again, just go to speakthewordministry.net. Pastor Joe will be right back with a closing word. But first, we're excited to tell you about Pastor Joe's new book. It's titled, God, Are You Listening? I Need Help. During this unsettling and fearful time, do you need God's help perhaps like never before? In this new book, Pastor Joe will help you develop a prayer life that delights the heart of God and moves Him to act on your behalf. If today's events have you in fear and worry, this is the perfect book for you. God, Are You Listening? I Need Help. The new book from Pastor Joanne Ramsey. If you'd like a copy, just ask for it when you include a donation to Speak the Word Ministries of just $10 or more. 
Write to us at Speak the Word Ministries, P.O. Box 9175, Virginia Beach, Virginia, 23450. Again, that's P.O. Box 9175, Virginia Beach, Virginia, 23450. Our telephone number is toll-free, 855-505-2297. Pastor Joe and her team also welcomes your emails, and we'd be happy to pray for you. Our email address is speakthewordministry at cox.net. That's speakthewordministry at cox.net. And now, here again is Pastor Joe. Father, I couldn't have done it without you. And Holy Spirit, I wouldn't want to do it without you. Holy Spirit, you gave me a sense of boldness that allowed me to speak things that normally I might have been timid about. But Lord, I thank you that I don't have that timidity spirit anymore. I thank you, God, that you didn't give me a spirit of fear, but you gave me a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. I thank you, Father, that you did not give anyone listening under my voice a spirit of fear, but you also gave them a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. So, Lord, I thank you for this word. I pray that it went right directly to their hearts and to their spirit mind to be renewed. You said, Lord, to be renewed in the spirit of our minds. And I pray that if they only got one word, that it was the word that they needed to turn their lives around and make it different. I know, Lord, that you love them. Me, you love all of them, and you only want what's best for them. But, Lord, we also know that the enemy is fighting you on every end. But we must realize that it doesn't matter what Satan says or does. The greater one is living in us, and greater is he that's in us, and he that's in this world and that he has no right to even come near us. From Pastor Joe and all of us at Speak the Word Ministries, we're glad you've joined us today. Once again, thanks for listening, and join us next time here on Speak the Word. Speak the Word to every circumstance That mountain can't stand Against the Word, the Word of God Against the world